Dennis Villeneuve is back with the much-anticipated sequel to Dune that picks up straight from where the story left off in the first one. This review will be as spoiler-free as possible. If you want to hear our full-on spoiler thoughts and a way longer review, then you can go check that out on this week's podcast. I'm Yuan, and I'm with the lads, uh, Lachlan and Kevin. Lachlan, we're going to start with you thoughts on Dune 2. So Dune 2 is fascinating, especially because we've just come off of a rewatch of The Zone of Interest, which explores a story which asks, what does evil look like? Dune Part 2, it, interestingly, it explores Paul's fall from House of Trees into the Fremen's lifestyle, and then asks what sort of path he would like to go on. What does it want to explore? Do you want to see him live a life of simple needs with Chani and, and rid Arrakis of the Harkonnen control? Or does he want to control the universe and become the messiah? The what's the name of him again? What's what's the what's the official name, Kevin? You said it you said it earlier. Lisa Al Gaib or Muadib. Lisa Al Ghalib, Muadib. He becomes that character. So what does similar to what does evil look like? What does a messiah look like a skinny white boy like timothy chalamet not so much but it does explore a lot of really interesting storylines uh it's denser than the first one narratively paul it's a story about him trying to stay human not this godlike figure it's charney being his anchor to being that human without her Everyone is pulling him to this story of become this god, become our leader, take us to the green place. And that is interesting to see him being in two sides. He wants to live this simple lifestyle, but he needs to protect the world. There's a lot at stake, and that's unfortunate because it does mean at times these characters, mostly Paul and Shani, they do change quite quickly, especially towards the end, just to move that plot forward. Ewan and I agree, Kevin, I'm not sure if you're going to agree, but this film probably could do with another half hour on it just to have a little bit more substance to some characters. Mm -hmm. But other than narratively, visually, it's stunning. Lads, I think we can agree that this film is beautiful to look at. If you got to see an IMAX, which Kev. only one of us here has yeah. right now, you must admit this film looks pretty, even on the smaller screen. This mm -hmm. film is stunning, but it's not as pretty as the first. I find that this film doesn't take the prettiness of Arrakis because that's not what it's trying to do. It doesn't care about how pretty this planet is. It's trying to tell a story of its characters, so it focuses on that. I find the filmmaking more guerrilla-style handheld, especially prominent in scenes like the sand worm riding scene with Paul. It's a lot more handheld. It's not glorified wide shots. It's rough. It's hardcore. And that's the story that he goes on. The sand is not smooth. It's coarse. Yeah. It's coarse mm -hmm. and it gets everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Star Wars reference. Uh, probably, I don't know if you guys agree, but score wise, I think that Han Zimmer takes it from here, which was already really damn high to another level. And I find that the score just perfectly matches what's happening on scene. There are scenes that take place on Getty Prime that just feel so bassy and raw. Mm -hmm. There are moments where the theme plays, the, the the vocals that play just match what's happening and just the moment that he like stands up and it's like perfect. It's it's there's so much to this film that's just so well done. I don't think the film is perfect because it's not wrapped up nicely. The film ends on so many stories being left open. We're currently in our two tower, our Empire Strikes Back moment. Without the final film, this film is not complete. Yeah. You can watch it by itself, but you will always have to watch the film that takes place afterwards. 
This film isn't completely perfect from every other side of it as well, but I think that the film did well from the amount of hype that was behind it, because there are plenty of films that have so much hype that they flop. I feel like this film has lived up to an expectation that I would consider great, but I won't say perfect Mm -hmm. or a masterpiece until I've rewatched it. In IMAX is where you're going to rewatch it next, hopefully, right? Kev, what about that IMAX experience? Is is it worth it? Does it make a huge difference as much as we think it will? It it, it wasn't my my first point. My first point was going to be if the first Dune was tough, uh, to get lost in, you know, to get to lose sight of the story uh, due to its spectacle, then how the fuck am I supposed to review Dune 2 just a mere 16 hours later after I've watched it? I've yet to fucking fully process the goddamn thing. But, you know, that being said, you know, after I walked out of Dune Part 2, I really had the feeling I had watched a 10-hour miniseries, which, you know, sounds like a bad thing, but... I, it's the biggest compliment I can give because I was absolutely floored with how much Denis and the other screenwriter, John Spades, I believe, were able to tackle in this 2 hour and 40 minute runtime. You know, many people will talk about the filmmaking itself and, you know, that's the t- t- total right to do so. But I think for me, the biggest prop has to go to them too uh, for making this movie so dense yet spectacularly accessible. Uh, with a book such as Dune. That, to me, is the biggest achievement mm. of part two. Because I could not believe how much they got into this movie. The movie is in IMAX. I think it's truly a, a triumph and uh, an addition as one of the greatest cinematic uh, and theatrical peaks to this medium. It's another height that has been reached. You know, like Lachlan said, you can't deny the filmmaking. Even the people who won't like this film due to maybe being a bit too political or boring, according to them, you can't deny the filmmaking in this movie. It is absolutely off the charts. Uh, Oppenheimer is indeed very lucky. It didn't come out last year. or (laughs) It would have been an absolute titanic battle at every award uh, ever. But the most personal thing for me, Villeneuve brought to Dune Part 2 is absolutely his love for 2001 A Space Odyssey, especially blatantly in its opening, especially in terms of color grading, and with one character throughout uh, the film, which I obviously uh, won't talk about due to spoilers. This movie is an ensemble piece, uh, and everybody shows up with uh, a game, and nobody feels out of place. Even Christopher Walken, when he shows up, I'm like, ha, absolutely, this sucks. Uh, I might sound like a hypocrite, because I just call this movie a uh, ensemble piece, and I will only actually talk about a few characters, uh, leaving out many others. Uh, blame that on the vastness and richness that is Dune Part 2. And I've been told by someone to keep this concise. <laughs> right, you um, uh-huh. Get okay. on it. Uh, <laughs> but the gravitas of this movie is definitely, uh, without a doubt, Timothy Chalamet's Paul, uh, whose, uh, whose arc is one of constant rediscovery and uh, of one's fate. It gets countered beautifully by Zendaya's uh, Chani, as Lachlan mentioned, where I am glad gives a tremendous performance uh, in this movie after being on the sidelines in the last one. So, you know, uh, kind of like a standout to her if you want, because she, she wasn't as prominent in part one. Also, Stilgar, played by uh, Javier Bardem, you know, who played one of the most psychotic 
roles in uh, No Country for Old Men, according to actual research, is also now the biggest yes slash hype man in cinematic history. You know, it just shows the range he actually has. He, he really, really is the biggest hype man. It's crazy. The greatest sci-fi films are obviously the ones who transfer the tragic reality of ours into the otherworldly. And everything this movie tackles, it reflects upon uh, actual life flawlessly. It's themes of religion, nuclear warfare, which I was surprised by, oppression and rebellion, obviously, as in the first one, with many more, will give everyone in the audience something to reflect their life or the ones they see in the news upon uh, this movie. I didn't know the, the Baron was called Vladimir. I was like, did he just throw that in? Or, uh, oh no, it's actually the name of, it just happens to be Vladimir. Okay, that that's, that's a coincidence. A lot of flats out there, lads. The hand-to-hand -hand combat I was really surprised by, especially the speed it was done by, uh, you know, the terror to combat. And not only to uh, propaganda, was also very effective in my opinion. Especially the use of legs in the hand-to-hand -hand combat. Mm -hmm. I very, very much appreciated. The only nitpicks I have was, you know, the, in the first movie, uh, Gurn, Gurney versus Raban was a bit uh, built upon. Uh, that side was a bit anticlimactic. And this movie has a couple of time jumps, which are all uh, very, very well done, uh, except... One in the beginning where he says like, uh, go out into the desert, find your own. And then it just kind of returns with no real journey done there. That was the only uh, time jump I thought was a bit unnatural. And my personal favorite shot, because there are many, many in this movie, involves one with the Emperor's Fear uh, coming into Arrakis. That shot was mind-blowing to me. It's a bit of the equivalent of that one helmet shot in the Suicide Squad, uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. I thought that shot uh, was the best one in IMAX, obviously. Uh, yeah, that, those are my thoughts. I'll give them to you now, you and I hope. I'm actually... That was concise enough. No, you guys did super well. I'm proud of both of you. I'm just going to close it. I don't think I have much to add because you were able to kind of uh, bring down similar thoughts that I would also share right now the only thing i guess i gotta extend is that the cinematography by greg frazier who has been on a run with his work in uh the batman in the creator he also did rogue one really is uh, uh reaching new heights i think what he's able to do with the stylized stuff on harkonnen planet and then going back to showing these different words worlds and i think the ultimate thing to kind of sum up uh what makes dune 2 so good and an improvement on the first one in my opinion is that it can rely on the show don't tell because it has set up so many things in the first one that it can seamlessly introduce us to the more odd things in this film um the more odd concepts without halting and telling us this is what that is you basically get uh, thrown into this world through the perspective of our characters. I uh, can recommend this film. I think we can all do. It's close to, uh, I guess, the perfect rating from pretty much all of us. Uh, for me, it's a four and a half. Kev, uh, what about you? Just wait on that rewatch, you and just wait on maybe, that Maybe, maybe I'll move like... it up. I gotta see it in IMAX. Maybe IMAX will move it up a bit for me. Wait, are you gonna see it in IMAX? I am, maybe this weekend, but I'll see if I can make time. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, but what about your rating, Kev? Uh, I watched it with a friend of mine. He said you know this is the easiest five out of five i've ever given in my life you know i kind of agree i walked out i was like this is a six out of five perhaps even you know uh yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's great Lachlan. i do not give fives out of fives on the first viewing i will give this a four and a half but 
I'm not going to lie, on the way out, I did go, can I add a sixth star to this maybe? <laughs> so I will, on the second rewatch, maybe give it six and a, six out of five stars. Lachlan is a gentleman. He, he uh, doesn't pull out a five star before the second date, I see. I, I don't usually too, but I was like, I can't really find any flaws in this thing to grant it a four and a half. So yeah, let us know what you thought of it. If you've seen it, if you want to hear more extensive uh, hour plus long uh, in-depth review of the film that should be out on this week. Which I'm not in. He's not in because that it would take three hours to do. I'm sorry, Kev, but that's just, that's just what it would be like. Which it would it would great uh, it would add something to it, but we gotta keep it concise. So we're gonna close it here. Let us know what you thought of it. Go check out the podcast. Go check out the other videos on the channel, and leave a like and subscribe if you want more of this content. So thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you next time on Arrakis. Bye.